Hey guys, Daniel and Kate here, and welcome to the Relatable Real Estate Podcast. We're two young guys who talk everything real estate while keeping it relatable. Cade, how's it going? I'm good. I'm very, very excited for this episode today. I know, episode two already. Episode two, we already made it. Yeah. We didn't get canceled after the first one. We're good. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think the, the first episode was really good. It was. Uh, it was you know, a little vague, but yeah. uh, I think it was a good introduction to kind of what we're going to be talking about. Exactly, yeah. I mean, just a reminder to everyone, you know, the purpose of this podcast is really to talk to young people that are just getting into the market, mm-hmm. or even if you're not that young, but, you know, you're just starting to get the real estate young market. Young and hard. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, we kind of try to keep it simple here. You mm-hmm. know, we try to give some great tips for first-time home buyers. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the, the topic for today, right? We're yep. going to be talking about how to become a successful first-time home buyer. Yeah, no, we definitely, the first episode, kind of focused on some of the negatives and made it a little more realistic and relatable because, again, that's the whole point. But now we want to talk about how to become a successful first-time home buyer and how to, you know, kick ass in this, you know, aggressive BC market. Exactly. So, Kate, just explain to us a little bit, you know, what is not a first-time home buyer? Because I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's there's a little bit of details there. And some people, you know, especially in Canada, yeah. we have a lot of immigrants. Totally. You know, I'm one of them. Yeah. So for me, you know, some of the information that uh, I got when I was getting my license was actually pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Especially definitions. So what is a first-time home buyer? Or what is not a first-time home buyer? Yeah, so basically, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, first-time home buyer is someone that is buying their first home. So that means if you have bought a home anywhere in the world, it doesn't matter when or where, you are not considered a first-time home buyer. And you know, that's important because you know, kind of what we're about to discuss is there are some exemptions that do fall with the first-time home buyer, and I I think that those are you know a lot of people hear about them and they get super excited. Right. Um, but you know, if somebody you know we we've seen it firsthand, we deal with a lot of international clients that come over and they you know recently got their PR, um, and you know it's it's a bit gutting for them to hear that. But uh, right. basically, long story short, it doesn't matter where or when if you had your name on title of land or property across the world, you are not considered a first-time home buyer. Right. And something that, you know, we hear a lot in the office and we just make sure, yes. you know, we do not recommend you do this because yes. there are some serious problems that you could get into. Mm-hmm. Criminal uh, charges. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, have bought properties anywhere else in the world, right? Let's say, you know, from my case, Brazil, that's where I'm from, mm-hmm. but they haven't declared uh, on their uh their taxes and yep. you know they try to take advantage of that and you yep. know apply for those first-time home buyer benefits and you know sometimes you, you don't get caught yep. and that's good for you but you know when you do get caught you know it could be it oh, could be a lot of problems totally. right I'm, so i mean hey i'm i'm total you know stick it to the man i think the government especially bc just kind of <laughs> kills us with taxes but don't do anything that's going to get you you know locked up big fines just don't do anything stupid there's there's no no uh you know the risk to reward ratio is is not in your favor exactly okay well so you know i'm sure that there's some pros and some cons about being a first time home buyer absolutely i think we know them quite a bit just because you know, at one point we were first time home buyers and, yep. you know, we deal with a lot of first time home buyers. So, yep. you know, what are some of those kid? What do you think? So the first thing I always like to tell people, and this is, it doesn't matter if it's a buyer's market, seller's market, as a buyer, you have the power in, in the sense that you do not pay any commissions. You do right. not pay commission to a mortgage broker and you do not pay commission to a buyer's agent, which is awesome because a lot of times, you know, the first thing people ask you is, you know, meet for coffee or whatever. And they're like, mm-hmm. 
okay, so what do you charge? And you're like, guess what, buddy? I don't charge a thing. Like, so, you know, to kind of clarify it, the buyer's agent gets paid from the seller, just like the seller's agent and the buyer's agent, they get paid out of, you know, commission from the sale of the home. And then mortgage brokers get paid from whatever lender that they work with. So I think right off the bat, just, you know, saving those thousands and thousands of dollars is is huge. Right. And like you said, I mean, a lot of people, I would say even majority of people, yep. uh, they're so scared of paying, you know, a commission to the real estate agent. Totally. And that's another reason why as well, you know, I'm sure you're doing calls or you're talking to people. Yep. They, they're like, oh, I don't want to talk right now. You know, I'm not that serious because they're so scared of creating a commitment. Totally. Right? Because they think they're going to have to pay for your service. Absolutely. But, you know, something that, you know, I wish everyone knew and you know, that's great that we're talking about it is that yeah. like again you said, it's free. It's completely yeah. free. Uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, a, a barrier to market that doesn't exist. So, you know, if you have any questions, right, mm -hmm. or if you're just interested, you don't know if you can afford uh, to buy real estate just yet, or you're just kind of starting your plans, mm -hmm. there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't, you know, message us or call us and uh, totally. ask away. No, that, that, I think that's such an important thing to say, because, you know, it's it's been funny before where people, you can tell they're kind of getting nervous and like, especially during, you know, cold calls, whatever, I, I always throw in like, hey, are you first time home buyer? Yeah, I am, blah, blah. Just a heads up, you don't pay commission. They're, the mood completely changes. <laughs> yeah. Then they tell you their life story, what they want. So it's like, again, this is why we, you know, emphasize it. Don't be afraid to message us, talk to us, go for a beer, whatever. Like, even if you're years away, we are just two young guys. We love chatting. We always yep. talk. And especially, you know, to be on that relatable level, like, you know, we can be at a club and we'll talk to people about real Oh, stuff. it has happened. Yeah. yeah you're dude, you're absolutely. at a bar and then, you know, you see some friends from high school and they're like, oh, yeah, you're doing that real estate thing. And you're like, yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm thinking about buying. I'm like, great. No, you know, it's, you exactly. don't, don't worry. You're not, you're not, you don't have to pay me a beer. Yeah. I'll still talk to you. <laughs> no, totally. And again, there, there are contracts or whatever to keep people, you know, like buyers exclusive. Right. Like personally, I think for us, we can both say we, we don't really believe in that, yeah. you know, just at the same time we do, you know, there, there's a, some sense of loyalty, like, you know, we're 100%. willing to put all of our time to you, but at the same time, you know, and it's, it's happened to us before and it's unfortunately gutting where, right. you know, you talk with someone then last minute, they're like, yeah, my, my uncle's a realtor and they, they do the deal with them. Right? right. So long story short, you know, first time buyer, you don't pay a thing, you know, you, you have that power in the sense that you can talk to people and can consult whatever it may be right. and you don't pay a dime. Oh, something else that I, I just thought about adding as well. I know mm -hmm. that we talked that you don't have to pay, yeah. but uh, just in case you're wondering as well, if, you know, sometimes some people think, okay, you don't pay for just to talk a little bit, but also let's say, you know, we're, you got the pre-approval, mm -hmm. uh, everything is going okay. And, you know, we're looking at a few properties already. So we're pretty close to writing an offer yeah. and let's say something happens, right? I don't know. You get cold feet or, you know, something happens like an emergency and you can't purchase anymore yeah uh you still don't have to pay f for for the service right so totally. I, I think that's important to say just because uh you know a lot of people are like okay i don't have to pay initially but mm -hmm. i'm sure that there's a catch later there's not yeah. right so just just to clarify and again that's why we like to talk about you know the value that we like to put in yeah. because you know Again, we, we completely understand everyone has a different situation. You lose a job, family emergency, exactly. whatever. And it happens. It, yeah, it does happen. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've definitely been burned. We, you know, <laughs> it, we don't hold it against you. But at the yeah. same time, you know, going into that process, we like to do as much as we can totally. to make sure that, you know, you are ready exactly. uh, and, you know, willing, willing to kind of move forward. Cool. Perfect. And Kate, you were talking about, uh, you know, a few exemptions for mm -hmm. first time home buyers, right? Uh, so I know that there's property transfer tax and GST. Do you want to go into a little bit more detail about those? 
Yeah. So basically for, uh, if you buy a resale property, so that's, you know, something that has been lived in before, yeah. uh, you have a potential PTT exemption, a property transfer tax exemption, uh, for properties that are $500,000 and less. And there's a partial exemption from 500 to 525, uh, property transfer tax, unfortunately is a tax due upon closing, uh, where it's, you know, 1% off the first 200,000 yeah. and 2% on the remainder. Uh, that's something, unfortunately we cannot control if you're over that 500 K. Um, and you know, not a first time home buyer. It's, uh, the government has to have your, you know, their hands in your pockets. And, uh, yeah. unfortunately this is theirs. Uh, there's also another exemption with, uh, a presale property, but it goes higher up to 750,000. Right. Uh, where you don't have to pay GST. Keep in mind, uh, or sorry, PTT. Keep in mind with, you know, these pre-sale properties, you still have to pay GST, right. which, you know, is 5%. And uh, yeah, it's it's basically, uh, again, a, a benefit to being a first-time buyer. And yeah. if, if you're buying those entry-level homes that, you know, are under 500K, uh, again, in BC, that's pretty difficult to yeah. come across. You know, Even though, you know, I'm, like we talked about on the previous podcast, there are a few projects now. The market has been totally. coming down a little bit mm -hmm. uh, to the point that, you know, we have been seeing a few properties that might be on the smaller side. Yep. Let's say studios or even one bedrooms, depending on the location that are below that thresh mark. So, totally. you know, again, that's another reason to 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 prepare yourself and, and, and be ready. But we're going to be talking about that later. Um, you know, the GST part of it, there's also a few exemptions that we're not getting into detail uh, yeah. in this episode, but we will be covering that, um, you know, in another episode when we, we dive deeper into that yeah topic. we'll do a full pre-sale kind of uh yeah tips and tricks and that's gonna be to one of the episodes that. yeah yeah cool cool uh i think something else that you know another advantage that um you know first time home buyers have mm -hmm. is that a seller might have you know an emotional connection with you 100 percent, right I, so i love this exactly because you know kate uh kate and i have seen it before and you know sometimes when you're in a multiple offer situation and you know we always recommend first time home buyers or even any client of ours uh, to write a letter and, dude. you know, tell their stories, right? Dude, it is unbelievable, <laughs> the power of a story. And I always right. say to say, write out your story. And people are like, what are you talking about? And again, it's 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 not to, when you send an offer to a seller, we always recommend you attach like a little, like, you know, six to seven sentence, little paragraph as, you know, who you are, your family, as a couple, whatever it may be. Because like you said, I was in a situation with a seller where we received two of the exact same offers, same dates, subject free, exact same cost. <laughs> And one of them had a letter and I don't even think she was a first time home buyer, but my, <laughs> yeah. my, uh, my, my seller there, she got an emotional attachment to it. And right. she's like, you know, and we've, we've seen it plenty of times, where, you know, these sellers are like, you know, they think back to when they first got in the market exactly. and they know like, you know, especially too, if it's multiple offers, like they're like, you know what, I want this to be your first home. Like this is a great place for memories, whatever it may be. And so something that literally costs you nothing, but about, you know, 15, 20 minutes can potentially, you know, get you the, the, the exactly. property of your dreams. Exactly. And I think so. they know as well that it's a lot harder now to get a property, yep. especially your first property if you're a young person oh, or in any scenario, really, it's really hard to get your first property. So yep. I think, you know, having that in the letter saying you're, Hey, I'm a first time home buyer. Yep. I've worked super hard for this. Like this is the place that, you know, I'll start my, my career. Yep. I'll start my life. You know, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get married. If you, if you're a couple, like oh, a young totally. couple, I'm going to get married next year. This is going to be great. Yeah. That has so much negotiation, uh, potential. Like, you have no idea. You know, we've totally. seen like $25,000 uh, 
Yeah. Being, being like, yeah, your, your offer is exactly. $25,000 less than the other offer, but exactly. they still want to choose you. Exactly. Again, it's, it's not crazy. to say it happens every time. But like, <laughs> another thing we want to emphasize too, is I've said this to a few people, it's not like it's American Idol. You do not want to have like the <laughs> biggest sob story and then fall in love with you for that. Like, you know, don't talk about every single hardship you face, but just giving a rough idea of who you are, you know, what your intentions are, you know, why you love the home, why you love the area. And then that, yeah, like you said, it's, it's such a huge, huge advantage. Yeah, totally. And I think something else too, that's, you know, a really big pro of being a first time home buyer mm-hmm. is that it's fun. hundred percent. Right. Like, you know, even us, even it's, it's even fun for us. Showing, I think, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's exciting because we've been through the whole process of, you know, talking to you from the very first time mm-hmm. and, you know, getting to know your story, getting to know, you know, where you're coming from, what are your objectives in, you know, in real estate. And, you know, you talk to a mortgage broker, uh, the whole process is laid out and we're looking at a, a few properties and that's so much fun because mm-hmm. we can see it kind of evolve. It's kind of a, a, a story that keeps evolving. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's fun to see, you know, clients go in their place, in the place that they end up buying mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my God, this is it. I can feel it. Totally. Right. I mean, again, too, just uh, as much as I, I hate flex culture, the ability to say <laughs> yeah. you're the first group and you're first person in your friend group, you're like, yeah, I own a house. Everyone's like, oh, like that's, that's a huge, huge yeah. flex. And uh, it, it, it's a sense of pride that uh, it's a huge accomplishment, especially to do that, you know, in, in your younger years. Yeah. And I regardless, think just owning a property is huge. A hundred percent. And I think like, you know, just, uh, just the fact that you're able to accomplish this is already a, a big deal, mm-hmm. but also like we make sure that you're having fun. Yeah. Right. We, you know, Cage, especially, you know, he's a super funny guy, uh, very knowledgeable F- too. Funny, funny looking. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, like Cade uses his humor all the time and you know, that makes it super lighthearted, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the search is not super serious. You're not, you know, in a constant negotiation with us as well. Like I feel totally. like we always try to make sure that it's really fun for mm-hmm. you and you enjoy the process. Totally. I mean, I think yeah. moving on here, like first, first steps of what we recommend to people, like yeah. for us firsthand, what is the first thing that we, we try and send people or have a zoom call with and talk about? Yeah. I think, you know, something that we do, um, and that's a little bit of a plug here, but yeah, hey, uh, Gomez group, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> but I think we always like to sit down with clients and kind of cover all the costs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of go over the whole process with them in yep. detail because, yep. you know, just imagine this, your first time home buyer, you've yep. never purchased a house. It's mm-hmm. most likely going to be the most expensive thing you're ever going to buy in your life. Unless you own a couple like board ape NFTs. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, we want to make sure that everything's covered. There's yep. no surprises, yep. you know, uh, everything makes sense to you while we're, we're doing the whole transaction. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first step. So, you know, you should get in contact with us. Yep. Uh, tell us your story, tell us your background. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, we sit down and talk. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we, we said this in the last episode, we always trying to figure out your why, like, what are your intentions? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that just helps so much for both parties, you know, for, for to help us out and kind of make sure what we're showing you is something that you actually appreciate and isn't a waste of time. And uh, again, it's a benefit for you because at the end of the day, we want you to be in the most ideal property. Right. Uh, but kind of going back to what you said, you know, again, another plug, we do have a super special, amazing buyer's guide that we have designed <laughs> for first time home buyers. So if you're interested in that, let us know. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we like to go over that. And you know, what you said was perfect. Like, 
you know, especially some closing costs people don't know about, right? Exactly. They have the online mortgage calculator, which everyone goes into, but it's like, are you aware of like, you know, strata fees, insurance, you know, Fortis, you know, BC Hydro monthly can like an, an, an extra five, 600 bucks a month that can, you know, completely scare people. Um, but, you know, going over that beforehand, so there's no surprises is, yeah. is huge. Because, again, we've literally seen people uh, that have had bad experiences with, you know, past yeah. realtors and they just give up. Yeah. But, but if, you know, you took that initial step of explaining everything beforehand, they would still, you know, okay, that may suck, whatever. But, yeah, I'm still motivated. I'm still good to go. Right. I mean, how many people do you know? And, you know, I'm sure you, you, you went through this experience as well. During, a, a, you know, a buyer's presentation, that's when we sit down with you and explain mm -hmm. these things. How many times have you had people say, oh, I didn't know that I had to pay for that? Yeah. Right? So like, Absolutely. for example, property transfer tax. I get that all the time. Yep. You know, a lot of people don't know about property transfer tax. Yeah, they think it's or, property taxes. Exactly, right? <laughs> like, whoa, there's, there's two? Yeah. Exactly, there's two. There's yeah. property taxes and property transfer tax. Yeah. And they can get mis mixed up pretty easily because totally. there's, there's quite a bit of cost. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them are not too much, mm -hmm. right? Like some of them are pretty doable and kind of, uh, you know, make sure that the... It makes sense, yeah. right? But some of them are also a little bit hidden, right? A lot of people yeah. don't talk about them. So totally. it's very important that we cover them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and what's the next step? Yeah. So, I mean, once we've kind of, you know, we, we've explained everything you kind of know what to expect. We obviously like to recommend a, uh, you know, mortgage broker for that pre-approval. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have a budget, you know, I can be able to purchase anything. Uh, again, we've seen some weird situations. I was talking to you the other week. You know, I, I was speaking with someone that they are, you know, part of a huge family trust fund. So when I talked about a mortgage broker, they kind of laughed at me. So again, <laughs> we understand people have different situations, but I think we can easily say for the vast majority of people uh, that are going to require a mortgage, you know, you talk with the mortgage broker and they're going to set up a pre-approval. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what that entails? Yeah, I mean, you know, usually a mortgage broker gets into a little bit more detail about Absolutely. the pre-approval, right? But it's really important that they first verify your income, you mm -hmm. know, they verify your employer. Yep. That way, uh, you know, it's a security for the lender, right? Totally. So they, they want to make sure that, uh, you know, you're able to get the money from the lender, that the lender will approve your, your mortgage, right? So, yep. uh, you know, another advantage of the mortgage broker as well, and I believe we covered that a little bit uh, on the previous episode, is that... Mm -hmm. If you're not all there yet and you know you submit your files or you just talk to them briefly and they realize oh you're just not ready yet you just don't have yeah enough down payment or yeah. you know you've, you've been working there you're still in probation yeah or you just bought a car or something like that right yeah uh, they're able to plan it out with you totally right and you know by talking to them you have a professional mortgage broker mm -hmm. you know trace out a plan for you that's yeah. I, I would say that's probably the best case scenario and again you don't you're not paying for it right because it's totally exactly i mean again too we we work very closely with the mortgage broker shout out chris yeah. and uh you know we're gonna have him on one day but we we love working with them because like you said like he doesn't even necessarily call himself a mortgage broker but a mortgage planner right and you know we we've you know had some people that we connect with we send them over to him and then you know after they kind of go into uh you know payments and a little more details he can be like you know what uh you know they're great lead whatever but they're still a few years away exactly and but you can still talk with you and again he'll be mm -hmm. like hey you know what i'd recommend this you know your credit score is a little little low here exactly. so maybe get into this card or like you know recommend maybe locking your way uh some money here and you know it, again it does not matter how far away you are 
it does not hurt to chat with us. You know, mm-hmm. the earlier you can get into it, uh, you know, the the quicker you can be on that road to success. Exactly. I think uh, an example of that actually was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we talked about real estate for quite a bit. Yep. You know, he's kind of ready to go and he's pretty young too. He's our age, right? Yeah. And uh, he actually talked to Chris uh, about a month ago. So mm-hmm. it's pretty recent. So it's a pretty relatable thing. Hey, relatable uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, what Chris said is like, you know, man, uh, you know, thanks for the lead. And, you know, he's just not ready yet. Yep. But we talked about it and, you know, most likely will be summer 2023. Yeah. You know what? This is I 100% I'm super happy for him because now at least he knows, uh, you know, where to go. Yeah. Uh, he knows, you know, when he will most likely be able to purchase mm-hmm. and, you know, what he needs to do to get there. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most important, uh, important thing is planning. Totally. I mean, again, too, he could have came to you next year and like re- you could have started this whole process and he could have been another year away. You exactly. Know what I mean? So like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, if, if you're $80,000 in credit card debt and you want to buy it the <laughs> next year, like we may have to give you some bad news. Uh, but again, like the earlier you are, you know, we've we've had plenty of these conversations. I mean, even talking about options, you know, uh, we've talked about before a little bit about co-signing with yeah. a parent where essentially a parent goes on title and the bank can use, you know, some of their income and, you know, equity in their home. Uh, to help increase your buying power. So, you know, your early 20s, whatever you want to buy a couple of years, maybe be like, you know what? Hey, mom and dad, like, you know, I, I want to buy. Uh, is this something you'd be willing to do with me? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, again, it's everyone has different situations, but we've both worked with people that co-sign yeah. with their parents. And, uh, you know, it's, again, a way to get them in quicker. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, not only that, too. I mean, there's, you know, other options like buying with roommates. Totally. Right. I mean, it's a little bit a more of a sensitive topic because yeah. you are buying with someone that, you know, technically is not related to you. So you really need to like that person. <laughs> you really need <laughs> like, to seriously. like that person. And yeah. also like, it needs to be a trustworthy person because totally. you're getting into, you know, a, a, a contract. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And then, you know, if you need to sell later, it's a lot harder, but totally. you know, it is an option too, right? If yeah. you have, you know, a friend of yours that you're pretty close with, even and you're both, a brother, a cousin, exactly. sister, yeah. And you know, you have some pretty aligned goals, yeah. right? If you both talk about it like, Hey, we do want to start like a real estate portfolio, right? Yeah. We want to start investing in real estate. I would say that's a really good option, right? Totally. Especially if you guys have, you know, uh, not the strongest income, but mm-hmm. combine that income could be really good. Totally. Yeah. I met, I met a guy, uh, while I was in trades there and he bought with a buddy, he mm-hmm. bought like an Airbnb or he bought a property in uh, hope turned into right. an Airbnb. And now they have like five or six properties. There you and go. They're, they're still like, you know, basically best friends yeah. and, uh, there can definitely be some success stories, but yeah, yeah make sure you like that person a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you know, if you guys, uh, fight a lot, I would say maybe, maybe wait a little bit to find someone that, you know, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> But anyways, there's also other options too that, you know, I'm sure Chris or any other mortgage broker would be able to tell you, right? There's a few special programs Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, you could get into, but, you know, I'll let a mortgage broker talk to you about that. Totally. And I think one thing big that uh, I kind of want to emphasize, I know we've both been asked this many times, is like, if for a mortgage broker, where do I go? Because, you know, for a realtor, you know, to give you kind of a quick background here. So we're with Stonehouse Realty and pretty much every single real estate, you know, property that's on the market, we can bring our clients to. You know, mm-hmm. we can, it's not like, you know, oh, Stonehouse, you're not allowed at this. Like the Vancouver, you know, real estate board make it, or I guess it's the BC uh, real estate association, make it so everyone can see each other's listings. When it comes to lenders and, you know, mortgage brokers, say you go to RBC, 
they're only going to give you RBC's rates. Exactly. And, you know, even with what we've seen with Chris is, you know, especially some of these mortgage brokers and planners, uh, sometimes you only get access to specific lend or, uh, programs. Yeah. So that's what we've seen it multiple times before where somebody gets, say, they're approved with RBC and then that's with a bank and they go talk to an independent mortgage broker who with an independent mortgage broker, they can look at every single exactly. lender. They don't have specific loyalty. We've seen it where you can get not only higher buying power, but also a better rate. Mm -hmm. So we always recommend, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people have, you know, been with the same bank since they're, you know, 13, first bank account, whatever it may be. Feel free to talk to them if you already work with a financial, you know, advisor. We always recommend as well to talk to an independent broker uh, at the very least, just because a lot of times they can give you, you know, a better deal and a better rate. Right. I think a, a good analogy to that is imagine if you only had one store that you could buy, I don't know. Uh, a dealership, car dealership. Yeah, a car dealership, right? Like imagine if there's one car dealership that you yeah. could buy cars from. That dealership most likely will have, you know, more expensive cars that can set the price higher because you have no yeah, other options. Exactly. Right. But now if you can shop in different dealerships. Yeah. Or a used car lot. Exactly. Or a used car yeah. lot. Uh, you know, you can have, you know, better, better prices because they're all going to be competing with each other. Yeah. So I think that's a, a good analogy in, a, in relation to, you know, should I get a pre-approval with the bank yeah. or a mortgage broker? Yeah. So, you know, speaking of buying, uh, you know, fancy vehicles, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you shouldn't be doing uh, as a first time home buyer? Yeah. I think the main thing is, you know, not procrastinating. Yeah. Right. We see a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, maybe I'll wait until next year. Yeah. Oh, I'm not too sure if I should buy it right now. Right. Always mm -hmm. time trying to time the market. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing about procrastinating is that you could miss a lot of opportunities. Totally. Right. I think, uh, you know, something that we were talking about before is that, for example, uh, you know, last year there was a really good pre-sale project, you know, mm -hmm. great location, great price, 5% deposit structure, which is, yeah. you know, today. Normally, yeah. Very low compared to what we see today. Exactly. I mean, nowadays we see 10 to 15%, yeah. uh, 5%. So like, you know, let's say, you know, we had a, even less than $30,000, you know, depending in some prices, you could still get it, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that said, oh, I'm going to wait until next year and didn't get a pre-approval or didn't prepare financially for it, uh, they missed it. So I think the, the biggest thing is procrastinating, not procrastinating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it's, it's such a slippery slope, right? You know, we, we yeah. spoke about it before in the last episode, like, you know, uh, even throwing like, you know, having your first kid, like that could throw such a big curveball into your plans. And, you know, typically when you have one kid, you have another kid, if you know, if you want. Yeah. And then from there, you know, trying to buy a property for four people that that's completely, you know, yeah. bumped you potentially out of what you can afford. And then, you know, that's why we, we, you know, very commonly see kind of renters for life. And, you know, it's, it's, not to talk poorly upon people that do that, but you know, I could, I'm pretty sure the vast majority of people, you know, as we saw from the stats can honestly say they want to own their own property one day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, again, it's just procrastinating and just not having those conversations beforehand, uh, yeah. can just really, you know, yeah. kind of set some people up for failure, unfortunately. Yeah. I think the thing is exactly what you said, right? Things kind of end up happening in people's lives, right? Totally. Uh, you know, you, you might have a very secure job now and a great opportunity to buy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you might not have that job or, you know, you might have something come up in the future that you're not able to buy anymore. So I think, you know, kind of trying to not time the market and, you know, buying as soon as you can. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the best idea for sure. Yeah. We, we have a line that I think is, uh, can piss some people off, but we always say it's better <laughs> to have time in the market than to time the market. Cause you know, as we see some of these trends are so quick and yeah. like you said with projects, they can, like we've seen projects sell out in like a day. 
Oh like, yeah. Like hundreds and units, like hundreds of units sold in a day gone. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing it in a market now where it's a little more relaxed in that sense. But again, like, you know, a few months down the road, we can be exactly where we were, you know, 2021, where it was just insane. Right. So we always just like to say, you know, if, if you're kind of in that situation where you can go and you're ready to go, uh, you know, don't, don't kind of wait. Cause unfortunately real estate's not going to wait for you. Yeah. I think a good example of that actually that you just mentioned is, you know, back in 2020, Yeah. right. Just imagine this. COVID just hit, you know, a lot of, you know, insecurity in the market. A lot of people were like concerned about it. You know, stocks dropped like crazy. My hair. Exactly. I got, I got a haircut, I shaved my head, it looked terrible. There you go. <laughs> so a lot of bad things happened, right? Yeah, a lot of bad things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the people that bought at that time, mm -hmm. you know, they had no idea. But in 2021, and even in the beginning of 2022, the market was insane. Yeah. You know, if we see the graphs, you know, prices went up so much. Yeah. And you know, they bought it at a time where, you know, it's similar to right now in a way, right? And there's now there's a lot of insecurities, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, aspects that you don't know about, you know, prices are kind of coming down. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you never know, you never know when the next spike will be, it could be, you know, the I don't know, we received some really great economic news in the next few months. And then guess what? You know, if you decided to wait until next year, which is, you know, a lot of people right now, yep. uh, you might miss that that train again. Totally. I mean, again, I, I don't want to go too big into it because, uh, you know, there's it's, it's a very complex, like real estate is a very complex. There's a lot of factors that right. move it, whether inflation, especially in BC, yeah. uh, seems like we always are going through some through, you know, some form of mini economic crisis, <laughs> yeah. uh, economic crisis. But the one thing we will say is, you know, historically, people that have bought when there's fear in the market, like when people don't want to buy is usually the best time to buy. True. Uh, you know, even 2008, it was more so in the States, but there's, you know, people that became millionaires because they bought real estate when is that it was at an all time low. There's a lot of people yeah. that said, I want to wait until this is over. And then now when prices have gone back up, they're laughing. You know, I think mm -hmm. that was a big thing. Like you just said, we saw in COVID, like there's a lot of people in 2020 that are like, no, there's no way. And don't get me wrong. I myself, I thought the world was ending. So yeah. I, I, I hear you. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, those people that waited that year, when you know prices were going up again there's such a big influx of buyers coming back at the same time and that's exactly. where we just saw you know this skyrocket and multiple of, offers oh, and all of that yeah right? just just unfair you know we had a lot of first-time buyers that were very upset during that time and i i don't blame them yeah i think another thing too they shouldn't be doing is you know uh bouncing from job to job totally right uh you know i see a lot of people that you know uh start a job and they work there for a few months and then they decided to oh i don't like this anymore and i'll, I'll do another job and that's yeah. totally fine i mean uh of course yeah, you, you want to be happy with what your career is exactly but you know if you're thinking about buying a home mm -hmm. you know i think we highly suggest you know some stability totally yeah i mean the biggest thing that you know banks are you look at in you if they're going to you know approve your mortgage or not is do they trust in you do they have security in you so you know obviously you want to make sure you're with a job that you're happy with you know you shouldn't feel shame for wanting to quit that job but at the same time like you know even earlier you were talking about tech because you know you're saying you have some buddies in tech a lot of these jobs are like one-year contracts right. so in some of these opportunities like if you can during the negotiation process it'd be pretty ideal to be like hey what is the longevity in this job like is there any way that i can potentially be moved to another position uh because you know I'd say, especially for people that are self-employed, because we see a lot of self-employed businesses, the banks want to see usually at least two years of consistency of that. Yeah. But at the same time, with that being said, 
some of the jobs that, you know, we've been told that uh, banks absolutely love is like any type of government work. So, you know, if you're a first responder, nurse, whatever it may be, and especially trades, mm -hmm. trades, you know, an industry where there's so much demand and there's so much opportunity and, you know, it's, it's pretty good wage. The banks just, they absolutely love that. And I think something that's interesting too, just, just crossed my mind is that a lot of young people get into trades. I, mm -hmm. I don't know, like I have a lot of friends that are in trades right now. Yeah. And I think one thing that it's a little bit different from our job is that, you know, I think our job takes a little bit of time for us to kind of, uh, you know, create that momentum. But a lot of people that, you know, young people in trades, they enter and they're already making, you know, pretty decent money for, you know, uh, for a young person. So I think you can leverage that quite a bit into real estate. Totally. Like I was, you know, 17 working because of the program I was doing for mechanics. I graduated early and I was working at the Nissan dealership at 17. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was making, you know, pretty good money, exactly. you know, driving around GTRs. So you, you like the maturity <laughs> rate is very fast. Exactly. Like they, they kind of throw you in the water right away. Uh, sometimes I think it's a little scary when you look at, you know, crane, you know, riggers and kind of the heavy duty stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that become very successful and, you know, very financially stable very quickly. Right. And so. I know that, you know, I, I might be wrong here, but you can correct me, mm -hmm. but I know that, you know, in trades, it's a little bit harder to, you know, uh, get crazy increases in wages. I think there's a, a, you know, a ceiling there after a while. It really depends on the route that you want to do. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I had some buddies that, you know, if you're willing to go up to, you know, Kitimat or go way right. up north, and you're working on the big dam where it's, you know, 20, 20 below, yeah. you can get huge money. Like, you okay. know, if, if you're willing to sacrifice kind of the the, uh, I guess, securities of, you know, being home or whatever that right. is. But, you know, you can still make really, really good money. Like, you know, after your four years, because for trades, there's like a red seal program. It's typically four years. Mm -hmm. And after those four years, you can go and get your red seal, which is essentially like the highest credential uh, for the most part in that trade. Yeah. And, you know, once you have that, you're such a desirable person. And a, a huge thing with trades as well is, you know, as, you know, for nurses as well, um, Canada is, is one of the most elite countries where you can go to any other country and work, you know, mm -hmm. say there's somebody that, you know, I, I actually had an Uber, uh, a few months back and he was a brain surgeon in Mexico wow. and now he's an Uber driver. It's just cause it doesn't quite translate. Yeah. I mean, the guy is obviously a genius, but at the same time, it's like, you know, say you were a plumber and you wanted to work in Australia, like you could do that. Like mm. we're, we're typically looked at the top tier. So there's just with trades in general, there's so much opportunity. Like same as something, you know, as a, as a travel nurse, yeah. uh, you know, travel nurses like Canada, you're kind of, you know, at that top tier. So there's really good opportunities here. But like you said, it, absolutely. If you're wanting to stay in kind of a very basic job, um, yeah, there's definitely, you know, kind of that 35, 40 bucks an hour, uh, you know, kind of roof that you hit but at the same time if you're willing to go for it pretty much the sky can be the limit in trades right and i think i mentioned the roof just because you know if you if you do feel like there is a roof and you know maybe you're struggling to even increase your wage mm -hmm. i think a, the best thing to do if you want to you know break through that roof is invest in real estate because yeah. just think about it right you might be stuck with a, a fixed income in, in some sort mm -hmm. but if you have equity yeah. you're technically in increasing your net worth yeah. Right. So, you know, in a way, even if it's, you know, not all the cases and there's a lot of opportunity here in Canada, mm -hmm. I think, you know, real estate is a great investment if you do want to increase your net worth, uh, even if you, you're somewhat stuck in a, you know, like a, in an hourly rate. Totally. I mean, uh, there's definitely a lot of, you know, stories of you hear people bond to the right stock, right. cryptocurrency, NFTs, whatever it is. But, you know, real estate historically from like, you know, five year graph standpoint, uh, especially in BC is a relatively, you know, safe investment. And I think yeah. it's also the kind of the more basic, 
uh, you know, real estate is introduced to us at a pretty young age. You know, we're a pretty good example of that. Yeah. <laughs> so again, there's uh, not really, not really a way that you can go wrong in that sense. That is true. Uh, I think another thing too that we briefly talked about in the last episode is, you know, we always recommend not to buy or not to purchase or finance a car. Uh, well, let me let me put that in, in better words. <laughs> a lot of people are punching the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't finance something that, you know, you can't afford and also, um, you know, get an approval because that really does affect your approval. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I am a diehard car guy. I've been around cars from a young age. I yeah. absolutely love it. And honestly, if I was a billionaire, I'd completely justify spending, you know, millions of dollars on yeah. vehicles. But at the same time, you got to live within your means. And, uh, you know, especially to be working at a dealership, you saw a lot of young people come in and sometimes like a year later, they brought that back. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially too, I, I'm, you know, don't quote me on this, but I was hearing from a mortgage broker that uh, for like every hundred bucks of a monthly payment on a car it could be $25,000 off of your pre-approval, like something along those lines. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's it definitely like banks do not like any type of extra loan, especially a car loan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, essentially a depreciating asset. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to go for that, like, don't get me wrong. If you need a truck for work, whatever it may be, uh, we're not anti-vehicles, but at the same time, like maybe go down that used option or, or just kind of know for the most part, uh, when you take that car off the lot, you, you've instantly lost money. Yeah. And I think one thing that's important too, and I think that's something that, you know, we're trying to relate to young people mm -hmm. is that we're also young. Oh, okay. I've we understand some dumb stuff with my money. Before. <laughs> exactly. We're not saying, you know, don't spend your money to go party or, you know, don't, don't spend your money to go travel and do th fun things because we also do that. Yeah. I think what we're trying to really say is if you are going to spend money, either buying a car or planning a trip, mm -hmm. I think you should do it in a smart way where yeah. that's not going to affect your approval or your future finance, like financial goals. Right. Totally. So let's say you do want to buy a car and you know, you have the means for it and you know, it's something that you really need. Uh, you know, like Kate said, you, you don't have to start with the fanciest car. You can start yeah. with, you know, a cash car that, you know, it's not going to affect your, your approval and you can still, you know, pursue the real estate, which is an appreciating asset instead of buying a depreciation, depreciating asset, which is a car. Mm -hmm. And, in, you know, that way you're in a much better financial position. Yeah. Right. No, so totally. I mean, e even too, like, I know we've talked about this before where it's kind of an inside joke where the TikToks <laughs> where it's just like, I'll always be able to buy a home, but I'll never be 23, <laughs> you know, looking at the sunset in Bali or whatever it is. Like, don't get me wrong. I get that. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're not anti vacations. We're not, you know, anti any of that. Like we're young. We like to have fun. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be young, whatever. But at the same time, it's like there's smart ways of going about this. Exactly. You know, even for us, we talked about like I, I have a big trip plan next year. Like I wanted to go when I was 19, but I knew it was not the right move. Exactly. You know, I, I don't want to spend, you know, five, six K in a vacation when I know it's going to put me in the hole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always see headlines saying like, oh, millennials, like there's so much negativity. And I think a lot of people get that mindset of like, like, screw it. I'm young. I don't care. I'm not going to be able to buy. And you just kind of that gets in your head and you start to make dumb options where it's like, you know what? Like. I can do this and I will do this. And there's, you know, just different ways about it. Right. So I think a big thing is just don't get that mindset of like, Oh, I'm young. There's no chance. Uh, exactly. you know, mom and dad aren't going to be able to help me out. I'm screwed. Exactly. I think that's the most important thing actually. Yeah. I think if you, you know, take that mindset of, you know, I'm never going to be able to buy yeah. and you kind of throw that out of the window Yeah. and, uh, you know, you, you really put your head into, Hey, how can I make this happen? Right. Instead yeah. of, you know, I can't make this happen. I think that's probably the most important thing. You know, I think, kind of to summarize everything we talked about today is that, you know, I think, don't think about that, uh, you know, maybe just start with a conversation with us, totally. right? 
I'm, I'm sure it will open a lot of doors that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people didn't know that some possibilities were even available to them mm -hmm. until they talked to us. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a very important uh, thing they shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I think kind of to generalize this whole episode is just like the earlier that you can talk, the better. Exactly. You know, don't have that thought process of this is never going to happen to me. You know, we know firsthand the BC market is very aggressive and it can be, yeah. you know, appear very daunting for people. But at the same time, like, you know, with realistic expectations and kind of know what you're going into, you can start slow and you can get on that real estate escalator. Yeah. <laughs> I love that term. Exactly. And I think, you know, something to prove that point is, you know, I think we both have some success stories, you know, of, of clients that were first time home buyers, mm -hmm. were in the same position that, you know, you might, you that might be listening, you know, are in right now. Uh, for example, one of my clients, uh, you know, it's it's really cool story. Actually, we start talking back early in 2022 and, you know, they're a young couple, mm -hmm. uh, you know, actually, you know, the, uh, the girlfriend was still in college. Mm -hmm. She was still, you know, studying. She wasn't even working full time. Yeah. Right. But the boyfriend was already working full time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, th in that case, he was working in tech, but, you know, it wasn't a super strong income you yeah. know, by any means. But, you know, they were able to sacrifice some things uh, and, and, you know, save up a little bit for uh, for a deposit. Again, no help from parents, yeah. which is, you know, what I hear a lot of people saying, oh, they got help from them. Exactly. That's right? everyone's first thought is exactly. daddy's money. <laughs> and, you know, they had no help. But, yeah. you know, we, we sat down and we talked about it. And initially, it was a little bit, uh, you know, not in the realistic side. They wanted something mm -hmm. that they couldn't afford. Yeah. But, you know, after some talking a little bit, talking a few options, they did talk to you know, a, a few mortgage brokers, even, mm -hmm. and even the bank. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually we were able to buy a presale. Yeah. So, you know, a success story, you know, it's, it's definitely possible. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we talked about this earlier. I have a pretty, uh, you know, similar story. They were, you know, a high school sweethearts that I actually, yeah. you know, grew up with and a super awesome couple, uh, both went to university. They both were very determined and knew what they wanted. Uh, you know, early twenties, like you said, you know, no help from, from mom or dad on either side. They didn't even get a cosign or whatever. And, uh, you know, they pretty much just stayed with their jobs. They had good loyalty, got a, you know, pretty good pre-approval for a first property. And they knew exactly kind of what they could get, you know, cause we really emphasized the, uh, you know, realistic expectations exactly. and they're like, you know what? I completely understand that this is my first home and I'm, I'm going to go up from here. And yeah, we, we closed them a few months ago and they're ecstatic and they're in their new place. And, you know, it's, it's super cool to see that, you know, you're similar in eight or we were the same age. So it's just like, what's, what's the excuse, right? Yeah. You know, they didn't get any help. They just put their head down, they worked their ass off and now they're living in their own home. Well, there you go. There's proof that, you know, if you're young, you can still buy real estate in BC. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think for the first or for the second episode, we're already on the second. I keep wow, forgetting they were geez, on the second. Time's flying. <laughs> <laughs> I think we kind of covered, you know, uh, some good tips on how to become a successful first time home buyer. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's, you know, more detail that we could get into, but there's also a lot of episodes that we're going to be shooting. Totally. So, you know, if you're, if you like the, the, the podcast and, uh, uh, you know, you want to keep listening, what should we do, Cade? Yeah, I mean, again, right, we're, we're starting off a little vague because we want to answer a lot of those general questions. But uh, yeah, if anyone has any requests, let us know. We'll yeah. probably uh, get into pre-sales, I think, is a, is a big one. Yeah. Because that's a really good option for people that, you know, want to be in real estate but aren't quite there. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, if, you, if you're liking the podcast and if you want to keep listening and receiving some, you know, relatable information, some relatable stories and mm -hmm. some relatable tips that apply to you, yep. uh, you should definitely follow us on the 
Relatable Real Estate Podcast Instagram. Yeah. So it's at Relatable RE Podcast yeah. on Instagram. You can also follow Kate and I. Uh, we, we're also, you know, uh, more than glad to answer any questions you might have. Totally. Uh, you know, if again, anything that we covered today kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, I don't know. If, if you think anything we talked about today was important to you and kind of related to you, yeah. uh, let us know. Uh, that's also great feedback. And uh, again, like Kate said, if you have anything that we, you want us to cover, totally. uh, send us a message. We'd love it to you. Uh, to listen to your feedback absolutely first time buyers get us really excited and there's always a lot to talk about so uh, yeah feel free to reach out cool well thanks for watching guys and uh, we'll see you on the next episode cheers guys bye, -bye. <laughs>